Hello, and welcome to episode number 85 of Investing from the Beach. I'm your your host. (laughs) I was going to say my name is your host, and I'm Chris Hansen, but whatever one it is, but that's who I am, and that is my name. Got my co-host with me today, Mr. Chris Lamb. Hey, it's Chris Lamb here. Uh, If it's your first time listening, welcome. Uh, Quick background on the two of us. We both hit time freedom via the stock market. Uh, we used to work at IBM. We were in sales. Uh, we met when we were there. I'd been around 16, 17, 18 years. When Chris came in, he was a college intern. Uh, we met there, started talking about the stock market, realized we had a uh, both had an affinity toward it. Friendship started probably on that first day or two that we were talking, and it has continued to grow ever since. And that was, man, that was 20 years ago. Half mm-hmm. your life, dude. You get this voice uh, rattling around in your head for half your life. That's pretty, I'm sorry 21. for that. Yeah, 21 years. Yep. Wow. That's pretty cool. Um, we, uh, we, we were able to reach time freedom, which is far different than financial freedom. Uh, but we did that via the stock market. <clears throat> what, what does that really mean without going through all the details? You can listen to other episodes and we describe a little bit more about the difference between time freedom versus financial freedom. But in simple terms, and it, what it all boils down to is we can spend, I don't know, on a busy day or on a typical day, hour, hour and a half, studying the stock market. Um, we had to spend more time learning it, but you get to the point where you spend hour, hour and a half a day. Some days it's less, some days it's more, but generally that much. And it's by choice. It is by choice. The rest of your time is free. And so while you don't, I mean, you can have 24 hours free. And Chris, do you have days where you don't look at the market outside of weekends? Uh, many. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean when it's open, but I mean, do you like not look at it for 24 or 48 hours? Um, you, yeah, you know, you're getting into the routine. It's quickly on my phone, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been doing it so much. It's like, you know what you're I looking don't even for. think about it. Yeah. yeah, you know what you're looking for. Yeah. And you and can like squeeze it, it in a few minutes here and there. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've traveled, uh, you know, uh, to Vietnam, like oh, maybe more than 10 times. And each time I go, it's at least, or it's about a month, right? Yep. I don't have any charts with me. I don't have anything, you yep. know, I might stay there once in a while, you know, uh, uh, just to check. Okay. everything's looks okay. You know? Yep. But I don't, you know, it, it doesn't bother me if I, if I, if I don't need to, if I don't ha- have to look at it for a month, it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. That's time freedom. Yeah, Yeah. that's time freedom. Um, We can day trade if we want to. Chris doesn't enjoy it, but he he can do it. In fact, he was doing a little bit earlier before we uh, hit the record button. Um, Yeah, I only do it because it's you know I I mentioned it's the scenario of uh, you know you don't go around looking for quarters on the on the ground, but you just happen to walk and then it's there. See one, you pick it up. Do you ignore it? (laughs) You pick it up. Pick it up. Yeah. And so it's that type thing. Um, but that's the beauty of time freedom. And so we both were able to achieve that via the stock market. Um, full disclosure, I teach a class teaching how I trade. If you're interested, go to, uh, go to the website for the podcast. There's some details out there. Just click around. You can find it. That was a four-second ad. There's our ads for the, uh, for the full show. Chris, do you get paid a dime for, uh, for being my co-host on the podcast? No, not at all. Nope. And I don't. I make a little bit. So if you're going to buy anything, go to <laughs> go to the podcast page, click on you the book even, list. You don't even a book. send me books anymore. Man. I don't. I don't. Um, but you click on there. I think I make like six cents every time you buy a book. 
Of course, I did get a check the other day from Amazon. It must be working. I think I got over forty dollars on wow. this one. So I was used. To, I used to get like twenty or thirty. This time I got forty. It's inflation. It's that. I think actually what it was is I think um, my wife bought something expensive <laughs> on Amazon. And so it added, I don't know, some larger sum than what we might normally see. So I think some of that is just coming back to me, would be my guess. Buy a um, house on Amazon? Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Get two, so I think I make 2% on something that's purchased. And just so you know, for everyone that is kind of wondering about that, um, I probably am not supposed to say this because Amazon will shut me down here. But the way that Amazon does things is when you, you know, when you're on a web page and you click and it takes you to Amazon – the place that you clicked on, they get a referral fee if you make that purchase. And it depends on what's purchased, but it's generally just use 2% as kind of a baseline. And so what could happen is, for example, if you were to go onto the website and click on the book list and then click on the first book there, and whether you buy that book or not doesn't matter. But now when you do searching from that point, and if you were to buy something, so then you go look for a tube of toothpaste or uh, you, know, you need to buy a new, I don't know, a screwdriver or whatever the hell it is that you're buying on Amazon because it has that quote unquote referral, then it pays back to the owner of that site and 2%, something like that. So smart way of marketing. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the way of doing it. And they figure that the person that got you to click must've had some type of influence. So in a perfect world, everybody would go to my website, click on the book list, click on a book and then do their shopping from there. And Chris, that would be like, you know, I'm like the old guy walking around picking up, uh, uh, what do you call it? You see the guys walking through the beach carrying those, um, not mm -hmm. Geiger counters, little metal the, things. The tepid. Yeah, yeah exactly. And they, they sweep down and they get thrilled when they find a penny or a nickel in the sand. Yeah. So that this is my way of either doing that or going around picking up plastic bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Much easier to tell somebody to go buy a book and pay me a nickel. Um, but... Where the hell was I going that? So, objective on that time frame. By the way, time for, uh, Amazon sales do not bring me time freedom at all. It's more just kind of a goal. It's like, hey, I wonder if I can make $200 this year. Um, we did it via the stock market. Life is good. It's a great place to be. If your objective is to get to time freedom, my sincere suggestion is to figure out if you're going to do it in the stock market, in real estate, whatever path you go, bust your butt to get there. It is an incredible place to be. And it doesn't mean you have to be living in Beverly Hills with a, you know, 8,000 square foot mansion with butlers and servants and, you know, uh, European sports cars and, you know, English luxury cars in the driveway. It's not that at all. You can live in a two bedroom, one bath place if you want fully paid for and you know, just being enjoying life. Get to the point of freedom. I promise you, once you get there, you will never, ever want to go back. Um, and that's just a question there's of deciding. There's no easier time and place to be uh, for you to achieve time freedom. Uh, it's easier today than at any time in the history of the world. Yeah. And, and also living in the U.S. Yep. Right. We've got, uh, I mean, if I speak from a stock market perspective, the data that is available at our fingertips, literally while we're talking, I could click stuff. Technology. Um, yeah, it's technology. That was not available to the to the everyday person before ever. Mm. And the stock market is either at or approaching all-time highs. That says that, what does that really mean? That says that your wealth should be at or near all-time highs. 
if, if it you is amass not, it. Well, it said different. If it's not, take a look at what you're doing. You're doing something wrong, right? Something is not being done correctly. Take a good look at what you're doing and change something. Right? I, I can't be and say, well, my situation is this, this, this. Okay. Your situation is that that says you might be doing it wrong. Figure out how to fix the situation. The opportunities are huge in this country at this point in time. I don't expect that to change. Get on the get on the boat, start rowing, get to work. Opportunities are endless. You just have to have the vision to see. Part of the purpose of us doing the podcast is to open your eyes to say, let's give you the vision to see. Um, and that vision or the ability to do that is not hindered at all by your gender, your sexual orientation, your ability to speak English, your education, your weight, how good looking or ugly you are. It doesn't matter. Black, white, gay, straight, dumb, brilliant, fat, thin, um, all the politically incorrect words that we're not supposed to use, shit, none of that matters. The stock market is an absolutely, you might say, well, the deck is stacked. Nope. The opportunities are endless and there is no, you know, however you identify for whatever group that may be, stock market does not care. It cares about one color and that's green. It's an awesome place to be. Um, so I would, I would urge you again, if you want to do it in the stock market, great. You heard me say I teach class. If you don't do another class, cool, go do that. But absolutely bust your ass to get to freedom is a phenomenal spot to be. And Chris, Chris, I got bad news for you. Your money just all burnt up. Mm -hmm. You got to go back and figure out how to re-earn it. Are you going to? It's not possible. I have, uh, I have crypto, man. <laughs> <laughs> crypto just got out, but you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Are you going to be thrilled about going back to work? I'm not thrilled about it, but I can. You do it if you had to, and mm -hmm. it wouldn't take you nearly as long to get to freedom as it did the first time. Yeah. Right. And you get right back there. And the objective is not how much money can I make in a job. Yeah. It's how much time can I have available so that I can put my money to work so that I can stop needing the job. Yeah, I've learned how to make a six-figure salary with uh, with 15 hours a week of work. So mm -hmm. it's doable. <laughs> yep, and that was as an employee. Yeah. Right. So now, and I'm, are you making more than more than where you were as an employee? Yes. Yep. And you're not having to Which go. Day? Yeah, there you go. And you're not having. And sometimes he's not joking when he says that. If you didn't pick up on that, the you don't have to go in and report to somebody. You don't have to punch a clock. You don't have to report on your activity. Mm -hmm. It's all it's all based on you. It's very, very cool. So bottom line, if you're looking for freedom, get your butt to work. I, I've got a path for you if you want. If you don't, if you want to use my path, that's great. Don't care. But get your get your butt to work. And you get to freedom. And if you did it via some other path, we will still be friends because the same challenges that you go through to achieve freedom are the same no matter what path you choose. Just find someone that has done what you want to do. Mimic what they do. Don't ask why, just freaking do it. And don't quit, and you'll get there. It's an awesome, awesome spot to be. How's that for yeah, a different I think everyone, everyone wants to uh, get to that point of time freedom. They just don't recognize it yet, right? And or they just do recognize it, but they're unwilling to do the work. 
uh, yeah, but let's say let's say you can take them and put them in a state of time freedom. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and and you know, kind of you fast forward, put them into the future. Yes. And then put them back. They're going to want to do the work now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ooh, that's a great way to say it. That's a great way right. to think about it. Yeah, if you knew how, if you knew how tasty the food was, and now you go back in time, you'd figure out how to make the food. Yep. Ah. See, that's why I, I like you, you, man. This, you know why? That that was brilliance. I joke with people and say, you know, you got two guys named Chris. One of us is smart. One of us is good looking. By that comment, you just made me very good looking because that was a very, very smart comment. So I get the good looking title today. You just say, you got two Chris. Neither of us are smart. Neither of us are good looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I used to tell people, yeah, you get two of us. One smart, one's good. You got to figure out which one is which. I could say it differently. One of us ain't very good looking. The other one's not very smart. And yep. <laughs> it's closer to the truth. <laughs> yeah. You, you pick either one of us and you're going to be correct. <laughs> All right. In the news of late is a uh, country over in. I'm going to show my ignorance, man. I don't even know where the hell it is. Do I call it the Mideast? I guess Afghanistan. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's the Middle East. I guess call it the Middle East. So it's um you know near but uh Saudi Arabia. Uh yeah, I think it bo- does it. Well, that's not sure. Well, now we're going to show that we're both clueless when it comes to geography. Y- Yemen? Yeah, <laughs> uh, is Pakistan Tur- Turkmenistan? Tur- yeah. Something like that. There's three countries, con- uh, maybe Turkey, I can't remember. There's three companies countries mm-hmm. that border it. And Pakistan. I know all this just because I've read a little bit on the news with yeah. all of the uh hand-wringing and the foul-ups that the U.S. had in evacuating. Um, and we can throw stones all over the place. It's fine. They're well-deserved. No problem. Um, did people do it wrong? Absolutely. Could it have been done better? Yes. Could it have been done worse? Yes. Could it ever have been done clean? No. Um, despite all of that, Chris and I were talking. It's like, stop and think about this. You know, They came out right away. And said, hey, look, we've been here 20 years. Or the U.S. has been there for 20 years. Post 9-11. And, you know, at some point, you got to pull out. Totally get it. Why were we there for 20 years? Well, well first of all, why were we there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, well, the thought was, all right, we've got to go chase down the guy that knocked down the towers. Right, it was thought to be there. They discovered he was in... Um, Pakistan. But it was thought to be the hotbed of, of terror activity. And or there were weapons of mass destruction either held there or in Iraq. I can't remember what the, whatever it was there. But it turned into, oh, we're there to spread what? Democracy? Yeah, nation building, uh, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, I think the, you know, I shared with you is we, we got to follow the money. And then we'll know the true reason. So our purpose on the podcast, <clears throat> if your objective is to get to time freedom, 95% of it at least is how to think. Maybe on the high side, 5% is how to do. Most people focus on the how to do, they get the, the rules, the cookbook, the mechanics, whatever, and they get caught up in the details on that. The bigger overarching thing is the how to think. 
And that applies in trading, that applies in investing. As a matter of fact, that applies in every facet of life. And so now let's apply that, the how to think, to the situation in Afghanistan. And this is not us intending to be armchair quarterbacks saying that Biden's an idiot and should have done it this way and blah, 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 blah. Don't need to say it. It's not our intent. And Chris and I, neither of us have any kind of military experience, so we have zero right mm. or authority or whatever to even comment on that. I don't have a clue. I, res- I We totally, just apply how to think. Yeah, I totally respect the people that are doing that. Yeah. Um, but that is way outside of our wheelhouse. Um, but the how to think aspect of it, one way to, to approach this is always, the real simple answer is always just follow the trail of money. And so why were we in Afghanistan? A wise one or, or not good looking one, whichever one you, <laughs> you wish to be. Well, historically, you always hear uh, when, when there is war, you know, it's good for the economy. The money, the, the market goes up. I always thought about it before. I'm like, wait, why does the market go up when there's all this chaos and problems and things? Like, shouldn't it be the opposite? Things are being destroyed and... You know, how productive are you when you have war, right? Um, but, yeah, it's because there's all these money being spent It's in because war. there is destruction. There is destruction. And, and you know, you, you have to print more money to finance it. That, right? And you have, to, you have to buy the stuff that's going to destroy it. It's got the war machine. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you have to rebuild what was destroyed. Mm-hmm. So there's all these interest groups uh, or groups that are, you know, have special interest in war, right? The people who make all the military, you know, uh, uh, products, mm-hmm. you know, people who provide services around that. Um, you know, when you're sending troops over there by the thousands and, you know, um, what they, they got to eat, you got, they got to bathe, they got to, you know, clothe themselves, they had to have shelter. And so who's providing all this stuff, right? And you can, you can, you know, lump in, you know, whatever other services you you would like, and you just called it part of the, you know, the cost of war. Um, and I shared, I shared with <clears throat> someone <clears throat> before about, you know, how, uh, like certain things get spent in the nation. And, you know, as a country, we spend money on certain things. And, and people would go like, uh, just kind of like the pandemic, it would say, you know, why would we do that? Why would we, you know, like, uh, just spend all this money? Isn't that like, counterproductive to our country and all that i say well i mean when we when we pay taxes into the system the politicians and the special interest groups they don't get the money they get the money when it's being spent so they don't care you know whether it's whatever it's being spent on as long as it's being spent the moment that you decide to spend money that's when the money gets funneled out and you can now decide where it goes to and there's no paper trail of this, you know, and you've known this in the days of IBM, uh, Chris, uh, you know, if you were working with partners and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, some of the uh, customers get, uh, you know, uh, prosecuted, you know, and, and uh, because what, what they do is, um, you know, I'm, I'm ABC company, you're IBM selling to me. Right. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to see, I'm a CIO there and uh, hey, I'm going to give you the business. And then you quote me at this price, whatever, I give you the business. And then you end up buying me a new car or something, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, for giving you the business. Yep. 
and this thing goes on all the time. Or you could, you know, you could send donations or whatever to my, you know, uh, foundation, yep. you know, wh- whatever it is. So this stuff goes on at a large scale in government, you know, and you cannot prove it, right? Because they don't have paper trails. They don't, nobody's going to dig into it and all this stuff. And it's not reported. But Chris, Chris can, know, can I interrupt you just for one sec? Go ahead. <clears throat> Now, some of you will say, oh, that goes on in third world countries. That doesn't go on in the U.S. <laughs> Bullshit. It goes on. Um, I, I want to ask, I, I never had to get involved in that. <clears throat> so I had a briber level. I'm assuming you didn't either. IBM was pretty clean to my knowledge, at mm-hmm. least at the level that you and I were at. <clears throat> but there is levels of, you could call it, it's not really bribery. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it is a little bit in that, you know, I take somebody to lunch. We talk about business. Well, technically, I'm buying them lunch. I guess that's a little bit of a bribe, in a way. I mean, take them to a baseball game. Take them golfing. Right. But they didn't. Uh, so no, none of the business partner has shared with you that what what goes on. Oh no, that I'm saying from the vendor perspective. Yeah, yeah. we didn't have that. But now, when you have a <clears throat> a third party that is providing um, the product, and if, so the way to think about it is, when you go out today and you buy a car. You're going to buy a new Toyota. You're going to buy a truck, a a Toyota Tundra. You don't go to Toyota Motor Sales and buy a car. You actually go to Toyota of Los Angeles or Toyota of Long Beach or Toyota of San Francisco, where you happen to live, and you buy it from the dealer. The dealer buys the car from the manufacturer, and the dealer is then responsible for making sales wherever they want to, but generally within that geography. But if other people come from outside that and they want to buy a car living in Detroit... They want to buy it from Toyota of Los Angeles? Cool. Nobody cares. And so in the technology world, it works the same way in that you have the manufacturer. So you can have you can make a sale or sorry, the corporate America could make a purchase from IBM, or they could make a purchase from a IBM dealer, IBM partner, who buys it's the very equipment from rare IBM. That it's direct, right? Yeah, exactly. It used to always be direct. Now you've got a th- you have a third party in there. And so now, typically, when you buy an IBM product, you're not buying, you're not writing a check to IBM. You're writing a check to ABC Company that is an IBM business partner. All right, go I, ahead. I thought it was the other way, where it, it used to be, uh, you know, through channels, and now it's starting to be more direct. Oh, is it that way now? Yeah, I mean, for me, I've always, you know, like if you were to buy stuff, if you think back in the past, Nike or whatever it is, right? You you would go to a retailer and. You oh, buy your products from them. I see. Yeah, yeah. Now with now with you know? the the what do you call it? The internet. Yeah, you're buying direct yeah. from Nike. Yeah, they're learning that. Yep. Hey, you don't need to do it that way. You can yep. cut costs. I mean, yep. look at Tesla now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you don't need to deal there. Ship. Yeah. But when you buy a box of cereal, you don't buy it from General Mills. You go to the retailer. Correct. Yes. Right? So if certain items, if it's if it's a retail stuff, some people you can't buy stuff from the company. You got to go through Amazon. Yeah, that's because it's more costly for the, uh, you know, the manufacturer to do that. What's but that? at some point, if they can cut out that cost, mm-hmm. they would go direct. I understand. You know, what if I, you know, if they had the, the, the infrastructure to be able to do that, you know, what if I wanted to buy, you know, I know I need a certain product every month, mm-hmm. toilet papers, toothbrush, you know, toothpaste, sure. uh, even the cereal brand that I like, whatever. Yep. Um, I could do a subscription. What if I was able to do a subscription directly from 
General Mills. The, the manufacturer. Toilet yeah. paper company. Yep. And they just send it out to, you know, their millions of customers, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, directly at a, even a lower price because they don't, they're cutting out all the middle guys. Think about it. That's what that Dollar Shave guy did. Mm-hmm. Right. And Gillette Bottom. Yeah. You know, yep. you got to shave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keep going. Yeah. So, you know, we were kind of off tangent, but, uh, you know, the, I was saying that that happens in IBM. I remember the partner was sharing with me how, like, they say, you know, this manager, you know, he's collects money in the behind, you know, under the table, because that's why he pushes this vendor, right? And he said, this is how they do it. They would establish an LLC, you know, that they own. Mm-hmm. And then this LLC would provide whatever services, you know, they would say, and then this vendor would pay them into the LLC. Got it. For pushing business, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that goes on all the time. But how do you, you know, how do you say it's not, you know, they didn't provide any services. Correct. Right? Yep. So how are you going to prove that uh, that was not legal? You can't. And so that's that's going on inside government all the time. Uh, you know, the, somebody waving billions of dollars at you, you, you know, like you said, Chris, if when, whatever money flows, it's sticky. Yes. And as it flows around, somebody's going to grab a piece of that. And so we've spent trillions of dollars over the past 20 years. You know, what for? Like, what what was the purpose of being there? What was the mission? You know, like, we're just, you know, we just want democracy to spread throughout the world. Is that what we wanted? I don't think so. Whatever message they give, whatever narrative they give, doesn't matter. Follow what the money is going. What is it doing? Right? There's so much money being uh, poured into this, you know, uh, endeavor, and it's getting the politicians fat. It's getting the businesses that are, have special interests, you know, fat. You know, all the defense contractors made huge profits from it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, there was another. Uh, yeah, I, I shared it with you. I was listening to um, uh, a podcast from Kiyosaki, and he had a. A marine uh, veteran um, on who's involved in all this and you know many decades and he shared what the true uh, reality was going on over there and he said the Afghan government didn't you know they they would get funding from from the US right and you know here US would pay them money based on the number of soldiers they you know train and they bring up um, and they recruit and so they would always inflate the number of soldiers they have, like more than double. So they would say, you know, hey, we have 20,000 soldiers when they only have 10. Got it. And so they get double the money. Now, where did that extra money go? It goes into the politicians' hands over there. It goes, in, the, the, goes in the leader's hands. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they said, now, if you're a soldier over there fighting, meaning, you know, you're an Afghan soldier, military, and you see the leaders are, you know, embezzling money and you know all this fraudulent stuff going on how motivated are you to fight for the nation to fight for them right um and they said so these guys you know they weren't in it to serve the country or to you know fight for freedom uh because they 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 were in desperate need of you know just people recruiting people to get money and so they were just recruiting whatever people they can um, you know, and these are the people at the bottom, you know, kind of, they said a lot of them were like, you know, addicted to o- opioids, right? Um, they, they were just, you know, drug addicts. So how do you get drug addicts to go fight? Yep. Doesn't <laughs> they, happen. They're not. Yeah. 
And so it was a huge issue. And so this guy was reporting that, yeah, he's like, you know, we, 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 we were in battle and we were in war. And he said, you can see the, the uh, you know, Taliban's, they were determined. You know, they were fighters. They were trained fighters. And going against these, you know, we, we, we don't have untrained fighters. They're, so they, they're, they're not fighting. Got they're it. just sitting in the bunkers, waiting, hiding. Right? They're not at the front line. And so that's that's what's going on. Like we're just throwing money, and you know, so are are the people back here in you know in the White House or in the, at the Pentagon or you know in the military uh, you know uh, office are they um, are they kind of blinded by this? I don't think so. They know what's going on. It's being reported. It's you know it's you know, we have these intelligence, so we mm-hmm. don't know that. We got to know it, but we continue to. Poor money. Well, you can't publicize it to the the American populace. You can't. You can't. Cannot. Yeah. And so, if the money is continuing to flow and it's going into certain pockets of, you know, the the, the decision makers. Yep. It's hard for them to stop it. Right. Now, to give an example of that, here's the one thing that has always been shocking to me. Um, it, it was one of the appeals when Trump was first starting to run. I per, and Chris, you and I had this discussion. I love the fact that that guy came in there. I don't care if he's a billionaire or not. The guy clearly has got some wealth. He comes in there with wealth. And then, so it, you look at that and say, yeah, could he be bribed and bought? Of, of course, anybody could. I'm not going to say he's above it. not going to say he's below it. I'm not making a judgment on that. But I'm less inclined to think that somebody at that is already in the wealthy stage steps into that position to become wealthier because it takes too much of his time. It's costing him money to take that role. Right. And this is yeah, not a well, pro Trump. more scrutinized, right? Yeah. But, and this yeah. is not a pro Trump statement. Don't mishear me. But now look at the predecessors coming in before that. So if I go way back, I've got uh, Carter, right. Came in poor peanut farmer out of Georgia, right. He was in when I was in high school. Um, I think they've said many times, the worst president we've ever had. I've read that a few times, right? Whatever the thing is. Carter, to my knowledge, didn't go out and build up millions afterwards. Reagan was doing fine ahead of time, right? Was a movie star, got into California politics, and then, I don't remember the whole story, but then elevated up to the presidency. Became a wealthy man. After Reagan was who? Bush or Ford? I can't remember. Whoever... Where the hell does be? So the Bush family had money to begin with. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they came in. Then we have Clinton that came in. <clears throat> Clinton didn't have two nickels to rub together. Was in debt when he got elected to the presidency. Negative net worth, I've read. And now you look at where the Clintons stand, incredibly wealthy. And they work in government. Stop and think for a minute. And then we had uh, Bush Jr. come in. Again, the Bush family, they had money to begin with. And then after that was Obama. Obama didn't have two nickels to rub together. Eight years as the president. Chris, how much does the president make? Do you know? I don't know what $400,000 a year. No, it's four. It, I believe it's yeah. four. Yeah. 400 grand Inflation, a year. they got to raise. Yeah, I understand. But it's 400 grand a year. Chris, can you make 400 grand a year? Yes. Yeah, not a problem. And would you consider yourself wealthy? No. It depends who you compare to. Compared to a homeless guy, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. Compared to someone who's wealthy, no. But are you fine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. 
but you were you again did you, you make more than 400 mm-hmm. so you make more than four you make more than the president dude how is it that the president is so much the former president now is so much wealthier than you and yet you know how to trade and invest and you were making more than him and you stop and think it's like wait a minute guys there's something that's going on here and then same thing with clinton then who came in after after Obama? Oh, that was Trump, right? I don't know. We'll never know if Trump has made more or made less. And now I've got Biden in there. Now here's what gets interesting. Biden's been in, in a, a government guy for 50 years. How in the heck, and I, I should use a different four-letter word, but I'll go with heck. How in the heck does Biden have a net worth, stated net worth, I think I read somewhere in 10-ish million? And yeah, I'm sure it's under, much beyond that's, that. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what they say. Yep. And that's as a government employee. I think a senator makes 175 a year, if I remember seeing the numbers right. And that's recent, recently, not too long ago, it was like 132. Yeah. So there's stuff that's going on, right, that the media doesn't either, well, they don't report it, may not understand it, look the other way, don't know. Um. And then you look and say, all right, look at Pelosi, right? Long-time politician. Very, very high net worth. Look at Feinstein, California governor, or California senator. Very, very high net worth. Look at many other people in... Um, yeah, it's high so, net worth, you know, after you know, being in government, not before. Exactly. Yeah. If somebody made it before and they went into government, cool, no problem. But those that come in with nothing or very, Same very problem. small net worth, and now later on their net worth is very high, that's what we're talking about, follow the money. And I'm not, I'm not talking about going out and you know storming the White House or storming uh, Congress with pitchforks. This is not a January 6th statement. I'm not saying that. Wake up, follow the money, right? And look and see that. And now take a step back and say, okay, Let's think about Afghanistan or any other places where we have involvement. And you follow the money. Mm-hmm. That's how to think. And they're only pulling out of Afghanistan because, you know, when Trump came in, he said, this is not right. What are we doing? They're wasting money. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he started to, and, and you know, uh, why are we dying over this? So try to get the soldiers to come back home. And that's what he did so that, we can stop doing that. Stop spending that. But now yeah. think of all the people who are going to be pissed off by that, whose mm-hmm. pockets are being lined. Oh, yeah. Whether, so that's why they want to blame them. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's not just necessarily an individual in Congress or an individual in the Senate mm-hmm. or, whatever, or wherever that may be. Think about it. It's lobbyists that are representing, and it's not just the Raytheons and the people that build tanks and guns. <clears throat> There's a lot of human expense that goes in there, right? You've got consultants. You've got all kinds of things that are related to the war effort. Yeah, definitely, you know, medical in- industry, healthcare industry, drug industry, right? Everything's... All kinds of stuff, yep. right? And it's <clears throat> it goes back to its follow the money. And the threat of that being shut down, <clears throat> I mean, Chris, if, if somebody came at you and said, hey, Chris, uh, you're not going to be able to continue making a living the way you've been doing it, the way you've mm-hmm. been doing it, you're going to fight back. Yeah. Same thing. It goes back to follow the money. And the reason that we're able to do that, okay, is because of the fiat system that we're on. Yes. All right. If you think about it, uh, 
in the history of the world, uh, any war, the leader always, you know, very, they're very calculated in what they're doing. They don't just go in and start a war because they know it's costly. They have to have some special interest and they have to be able to finance that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, you know, you, you print money <laughs> and you're the reserve currency of the world and you can just print, you know, whatever you like, then you can keep on financing that war. You don't have to do anything. You just keep on printing. But imagine if it was backed by gold and you had to have gold to show for that money that you're pouring into it. You're probably going to make, you know, uh, the decision differently because at some point you're going to run out of gold or money. The war is going to be quick and fast and get out of there. Or your country will be bankrupt. Yep. You conquer and you grab it and you either keep it or you move on. Yeah. And so that's what this fiat system is creating, is creating, you know, a lot of fraudulent activity that is going on that allows, you know, uh, activities of war um, that is causing so much. And we don't know, we don't recognize it, but it's not being told, right? Because, you know, you think, why did the most powerful nation in the world, right? Why do we spend 20 years there? There is no purpose. Mm -hmm. Other than you look, if you say you follow the money, that's the channel of War is a channel to funnel money, you know, to your corporations, to your politicians, to the elites. Okay. And, and throughout the system. Happened, and it's not yes. just the elite, it's throughout the system. But the elites definitely have their fingers in there. Money is sticky. Well, well yeah. Well, you know, when it goes into the corporations, all that, who owns them? Yes. Right? Yep. And then and then you have trillions of dollars that gets funneled, right? And and it goes into the stock market eventually. And other financial assets. It's gotta it gotta rest somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's that's why well, uh, they say war causes the stock market to go up. Okay, fiat system allows uh, for that to happen. So follow follow the money. Um, also, you know, I thought about it. You know, they re, there's, they're reporting all the uh, billions of dollars of uh, weaponry uh, left in Afghanistan, right, and Iraq. Mm-hmm. Okay, why? Why did that happen? Start because now they can fight back. Now have a reason to go back in and fight some more. It <laughs> well, allows you for it allows to create destruction. Yeah, but it's also now you know. Hey, if I take it back, then I don't need to buy more. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> so you're telling me that the 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 most you know high uh, U.S. your most powerful country with high intelligence you know operations they didn't know what they were doing by leaving you know all that equipment over there. Mm-hmm. It was an accident. It's got to be done on purpose, right? And that's there's a lot of money that goes into that. Yep. So you know, um, if we start to think outside the box, applying the mindset around it, stop listening to you know whatever mainstream media reports on it, or they don't even report it at all, right? But if you start to think about it, come on, you know, there's 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 a reason why they're doing what they're doing. Right, and if you follow the money, that'll lead you into that that reason. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Um, well, you know, we're talking about you know uh, leaders today, and uh, you know, it's it's sad to see that we we don't have leaders anymore. Uh, you know, and I, I say they're now like con artists, you know, because leaders take responsibility. Right, I mentioned that before. 
And you see in this war, whatever that goes on, no one takes responsibility. There's a, um, if you haven't seen this already, do a, do a search, a Google search on Jocko, J-O-C-K-O, Willink, W-I-L-L-I-N-K. Um, you can find it on YouTube, Jocko Willink, um, Imagine I'm President, something to that effect. And he came out with, if you don't know him, he's a, a former Navy SEAL commander, I think is it. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of uh, personal development, self-help, you know, kind of uh, personal responsibility stuff. He's got some great podcast content. He's written a few books. Um, enjoy listening to him. I, I don't talk about, you know, I'll refer other podcasts to the listeners. I don't do him as much. Uh, the The mindset is good. It seems more along the lines of leadership and kind of team building things is what he seems to go toward as opposed to in the in the trading and investing world, that's more of a solo sport, so you don't hear me giving a lot of plugs for his stuff, but it, it, his content is spot on. And he did a two- or three-minute blurb that said, if I were president, imagine I'm president, here's how I would have handled and what I would have said to the American people. Um, and this came out uh, not too long after there was um, film of the, the C-17, the military transport plane, taking off and you see people falling off of the plane and it's a great example of leadership phenomenal youtube video so again go to youtube search jocko willink imagine i'm present i think he put it on facebook but it that's an example of leadership and we definitely do not have that anywhere i watched uh biden did a follow-up um thing the last couple of days and we're recording this on the 2nd of September of 2021. So his last couple of days, he did a, a little, what do you call it, a press briefing. And I'm sure that somebody showed him this because he said a couple of things that were, that were, it wasn't even close, but like sniffing of that. It's kind of like he put his toe near the water, but didn't go in. It's the first time I'd ever seen Biden do something like that. But absolutely horrible speech in that he was blaming he was saying, oh, it went great, we did a great job, but it's Trump's fault. And it's like, dude, either it was good or it was bad. Like, come on. So just very, you very know what, uh, What's interesting is in, in you know, his, his senility, right? Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, Biden forgot that he was VP for 12 years, yeah? Yeah. Yep. And he's in government for nearly 50 years. Yep. But somehow it's Trump's fault. Yeah. You know, the guy was only in there for four years, uh, and and all along, you know, four years, they keep on trying to kick him out. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And then now they blame him. It's like, okay. I heard the... Think, we got to think. Yeah, I heard the best analogy. I think I said it in the prior, one of the prior episodes where, you know, Biden was blaming Trump because he said we're going to get out too quick. And he they, um, used the story and he said, it's a ma- imagine that I have a home and I'm, I'm a, I want to put a pool in my backyard so I hire a contractor. And the contractor says, yeah, I can get it done by May. And the contractor, contractor starts working and for whatever reason, I dislike the contractor so I get rid of him, I bring in another guy. And this new contractor takes over and he said, ah, that other guy was a fool. There's no way it'll be done by May, but we can get it done by September. I'm like, all right, cool, that's fine, get it done. So now it gets to be September and what I do is I just go stand on the edge and I go jump in. I don't bother to look in and see if there's water in the pool. I don't see if it's completed. I just jump in. Whose fault is that? Right? Just because you, you thought you can get it done by September? No. 
and you can't blame that on the prior contractor. So, and that was, that was that, his parallel. That was from uh, Andy Frisella, F-R-I-S-E-L-L-A. You can go back and find his podcast that talked about that. But, yeah, what a fiasco. And what, a, what an awesome display of absolutely crap leadership on the part of the U.S. But it, it's taken a step back. You say, you know, why were we there? What were we doing? It goes back to its follow the money. And imagine the uh, the people in Afghanistan today, right? Uh, what they're going through, and uh, you know, we talked about, you know, uh, if you amass uh, certain wealth or you know properties or anything like that in Afghanistan, and you have a choice, you leave a country, if you had that choice, mm-hmm. uh, if you can leave, uh, or you stay, right? If you leave, how do you transfer any of that wealth? Crypto, baby. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, right. That's the only way that today. Yep. That you can't do that, and there was an article on CNBC that uh, there was, you know, younger people uh, who understood it a few years ago and started uh, to, um, you know, buy crypto. Mm-hmm. But he said there's a a large population over there that they don't understand, they don't know about it, and so right now they're all into it now because they're scared of what's going to happen to their wealth. They don't, you know. The government is no longer there. Correct. So, you know, whatever currency they're currently using, what's going to happen to the currency? It, it's it's probably going to go to zero, you know? Yep. Um, so, yeah, your money and your wealth can dis- disappear overnight. But, you know, uh, through cryptocurrency, uh, you can't destroy that. You can, you can, you know, fly anywhere and you have that with you, right? It's, it's, it's basically just a password that you, you have. Um, and it can be protected. And so I think, um, you know, since we're talking about the subject of money and finance, uh, the, 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 I think Bitcoin is likely to continue to grow as far as in adoption and usage, especially in Afghanistan, right? And, uh, you know, I, I shared with you before that um, the reason why I think many uh, nations have failed to try to, uh, you know, establish some type of government in Afghanistan is because Afghanistan is very decentralized. Yes. Yep. And that's what Bitcoin is, right? It's you, you don't have any central authority controlling, you know, this money, this asset. Um, and so same thing with Afghanistan is you don't have any central authority that you're going to conquer. There's tribes everywhere. And so if you, you can try to, you know, establish some form of government, but they have a distribution of power all around, you know, the country. And so you cannot do it. And so, you know, if you look at Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency as that way, uh, especially Bitcoin, uh, you know, people are quickly adopting it and, uh, you know, likely to see uh, more and more. We're starting to see that with uh, in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cuba right? made an announcement recently. Yeah. Um, and I, I was looking into how, you know, the money system works in Cuba Um you know, people have been cheated for decades uh, because they can't have direct access to the, uh, you know, U.S. dollars. Um, you know, so people get paid uh, in, in the pesos uh, yes. when they go to work. Yep. But when they purchase uh, goods and services, um, they have to pay a lot more in pesos uh, than they would have if they used uh, U.S. dollars. Right. Um so 
for them, it makes sense to store money in, U in U.S. dollars, right? But they don't have that direct access to uh, the U.S. dollars. So what they do is, um, you know, the current, like, so you and I travel to Cuba, we go to the exchange, a place to exchange money, right? We bring the U.S. dollars. Mm -hmm. And they have a fixed exchange rate at about, I think, 24 pesos per USD, okay? So uh, we go to exchange, we turn in our dollars, we get 24 pesos. But for the people living there, if they wanted to buy U.S. dollars with their pesos, they can't go to that exchange and go, give me, yes. right? They're not yep. allowed to. Yep. So they have to do it in a black market. And when they do in the black market, they have to turn in 75 pesos so it's a three for to one, one U.S. dollar. Wow. Yeah. And guess who makes the difference? Yep. It's the government. government. <laughs> they, they're running that black market. <laughs> Just a, a personal story on this. It used to be illegal. Follow the money. Yeah, it used to be illegal to go to Cuba as a U.S. citizen. They've changed a lot. I don't know if it's changed back or not. And so I never went there because it was illegal. But when I didn't go, um, when we weren't there, whenever you wanted to buy something, you just used dollars. Mm -hmm. And so you say, well, they need to get pesos. Like, oh, no, they love the dollar. They love um, the dollar. And it was funny. This was some number of years ago. But the everything costs a dollar. If you want a can of Coke, it's a dollar. If you want to buy a loaf of bread, it's a dollar. I mean, it, it was phenomenal. Um, yeah, I have all kinds of fun stories when I didn't go to Cuba. <laughs> yeah, because when Not the if you give them the a podcast, dollar directly, but, they're getting like a uh, you know a two hundred percent discount. You know? Oh yeah, I just I mean uh, just phenomenal stories when I wasn't there um, that I heard about. And we'll put it that way. Um, let's see. Uh, dude, you just got me thinking stories like all these things are flashing into my head. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna burn the time. Otherwise, it'll be like you said in the last time. Oh yeah, there goes Hanson off on a rant. I'm gonna go get lunch. He'll come back and they'll be done. <laughs> cool. Anything else? Afghanistan stuff? No, I think we covered enough uh, about it so people can apply. Uh, you know, kind of, at least we're sharing uh, from our perspective how to how we look at it, uh, not just you know, um, let me listen to what the media tells me. Okay, when you follow the money, there's a lot of truth to that. Yes. Um, and so, you know, keep your eyes and ears open and be aware what what's going on. And, you know, don't support, uh, you know, if you find yourself in, in activities that are supporting these, this, this, this system, you know, let's, let's, let's get away from that. Um, and, you know, it helps you also understand how money works. And this fiat system that we're in allows it to allows us to do this. You don't see any other country just go into war and try to democratize anything else other than the U.S., right? Because we have the reserve currency of the world and we're able to continue to finance it, you know? A couple thoughts on that too. Um, <clears throat> there's a number of military people that listen to this. My sincere thank you for your service. Um, it's because you guys do what you do that allow us to do what we do. Um, you know, I I, we can sleep well at night because you stay up and, and are on guard. So truly a thank you for doing that. The, thank you. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we always take it for granted, right? Yep. We really, really do. The other thing that I think is going to be very, very cool, and I'm looking forward to, um, I can think of two now, and I know there's going to be more. 
um, there, there is uh, flood is the wrong word. There are a number of Afghan refugees that are being re, what's the word Repop- repatriated? I guess is the right word, but basically being a refugee status or whatever you call it, brought into the U.S. to live here. Um, and I can't wait till I get a phone call or a note from one of them that said, "Hey, I was listening to your episode number eighty-five. You guys were talking about Afghanistan." I was one of those guys that got out on the plane, and I want to learn the stock market from you. That oh, that's the be... other. That's that's the other thing that uh, I'm glad you brought it up. It remind me I forgot to mention that. <sighs> Think of the risk. Oh, dude, it's amazing. Uh, nobody has really, you know, media's not going to report it, right? Because oh, you know, we're supposed to let everyone in. Yep. Yep. In that chaos, do you think they're checking who's? Yep. <laughs> How do you know who's not a Taliban? Who do you know who's you not a terrorist? It. Yep. And so just be aware what's going to happen in the future. If I'm trying to destroy America, don't you think I'm going to try to get on that plane? Yep. I'm do don't it you think I'm a Taliban? I'm going to let my people go through. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go through. I'm not stopping you. Go. Yep. Get on. Yep. Right. Take a child with you. Yeah. So, so we got to be aware of that. And that does mean everyone's bad. There's just when you let that many people in and you can't vet everyone that closely, I get it. There's going to be some bad apples that come in. Mm-hmm. Or what do you call them? Bad hombres. <laughs> but whatever the whatever the Afghan term is for a bad guy coming up, there's going to be some. But there will also be some others, and, and which is not good. And I don't, I don't have an answer for that. But there will be some others that are here and they see the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And yet there are people right now listening to my voice that won't do anything. And it'll be a person that literally got on a plane with all their possessions in a plastic bag. And they see that all they have to do here is come here and work. And they'll well, you apply see themselves. People are willing to uh, jump on the uh, hang on a plane while it's flying. That tells you how desperate to get here, is. man. Yeah. Right. And yet you we have that? people here that won't F and work. It's amazing. And so I love seeing an immigrant, someone that comes from that, that sees this and goes for it. So if that person is listening, dude, I'm your biggest fan. Please reach out and do the class. There's uh, had one guy, it's a few months ago now, I can't remember, it might have been the last six months, um, that reached out. And I, I talk to people when they, when they do the class. I said, hey, tell me your story. You know, who are you? Where are you from? Name? And he goes, well, my, I believe he said his dad came here 15, 18, 20 years ago from Afghanistan. And it didn't dawn on me at the time. I thought about him a couple days ago when I was hearing about the, um, the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, evacuation. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I wonder if this guy's dad might have been like an interpreter or something that was either by choice or by force um, left the country about his family and now I get the chance to meet his kid. But so, and I can go look up his name, but I'm sure he listens to the podcast. If that's you, reach out to me because I'd love to know more on that story. I didn't think about it at the time. It, it didn't dawn on me, but maybe that was the situation. But it's going to be cool when one of the people that is in that group of those that are coming over reaches out to do the class and they get it and they get good results. And in the meantime, we've got someone here in the States that has all of the opportunities for them, right? All their shit wasn't in a plastic bag under their arm on an airplane, and that's all they had. And yet they won't spend the time to work. 
And the message on that is there's huge opportunity here. You just have to be willing to step up and do the work. That's all it is. People around the rest of the world see it. In the U.S., we're oblivious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no different than uh, you ask somebody. Uh, there's, there was a person that uh, went around and asked, uh, you know, some people that complain, saying, oh, this is the worst country to live in. Or not the worst, but they say, you know, this country sucks, right? Yep. And then yet they ask them, so which country would you want to live in? And they don't have an answer. Correct. Yep. <laughs> it's like, huh? Yep. Okay. Exactly. How to think. Yeah. We're not perfect by any stretch. No. <clears throat> There's all kinds of stuff. But man, it is the best place that's out there. Bar mm-hmm. none. Anything else you got? Good looking one? Oh, that's it. Cool. Uh, if you got a suggestion for, if you got comments on this uh, episode, want to let us know that you agree or disagree or we're idiots, I'm cool hearing that. Um, send us a note, investingfromthebeach at gmail.com. If you want to reach out and uh, either give us a phone call or uh, what else would you do? <laughs> or, or learn more about other things. If you want to learn about the class or a suggested book list, you can go to investingfromthebeach.com. If you want to send us a note, investingfromthebeach at gmail.com. I read all the notes. Um, I very rarely forward one to Chris. So if you want to tell us this is the best episode you've ever heard, uh, I may or may not send it to Chris. I just bask in that glory <laughs> and don't give him the ability to read it, nor do I make him respond and take the time to have to do the work for it. But if you need either one of us to see it, let us know. Happy to do it. You can reach us on a phone call, phone number 747-24-BEACH, 747-242-3224. Um, as always, we know that if you apply what we've talked about in this episode, as well as in any prior episode and hopefully in future episodes, We'll have some moments of brilliance, and we know if you apply that, that can help you get to time freedom. And time freedom is most easily simplified or easily described in two words. Tuesday, waves. It's the way to go. That's where you want to be at the beach, and those are the waves you want to listen to. They sound the best. Um, As always, we appreciate you listening, and we'll look forward to speaking to you next time. Thanks. Say goodbye, Chris. Oh, goodbye. (laughs) 